A reading from St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of birth pangs. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Gracious and loving God, as we gather here today to listen to your word and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, speak to us, both individually and corporately. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, 7th Avenue. My name is, yeah, good morning. Uh, My name is Deanna Christmas, and as Jeff said, I am, and you'll read in the bulletin, I'm the chaplain at Eden Medical Center in Castro Valley. I've been here with you before, and it is my distinct pleasure to be back with you here again today. My sermon title for today is, Do Not Be Alarmed. Do not be alarmed. Now, about 28 years ago, I found my way to a missionary Baptist church in the Central Valley of California under the teaching of the Reverend Tyree Tolliver. Pastor Tolliver inspired me to start reading my Bible. So I dusted off this King James version of the Bible that I'd received from my grandmother, and I tried to start reading it. Now, I must admit that at the beginning, the Bible didn't make much sense to me, especially the King James Version. Until, until I found an access point. Now, my access point for understanding the Bible was, and still is, the everyday metaphors and similes that we find in the parables that Jesus used to teach his disciples. Here are just a few examples. Fishing. When Jesus said in Mark 1.17, I will make you fish for people. A farmer sowing seed. In Mark chapter 4, on the path the seed was sown, on the rocky ground among thorns, and into good soil. Salt. In Mark 9.50, salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, How can you season it? 
Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Now in the text today, the metaphor is the birthing process. It's found in Mark chapter 13, verse 8, where the writer says, This is but the beginning of birth pangs. This is but the beginning of birth pangs. So humor me for a moment, and let's talk about the birthing process, a process that is necessary to bring forth new life. When I was halfway through the pregnancy with my firstborn child, I realized that I didn't know a thing about the birthing process. So I went to a Lamaze class. And first, the instructor gave us an overview of the birthing process. After explaining that there are three stages to the birthing process, she had the audacity to break down the first stage into three phases. <laughs> Early labor, the time of onset of labor until the cervix is dilated to about three centimeters. Active labor, the second phase of the first stage, continues from three centimeters until the cervix dilates to about seven centimeters. And transition continues from seven centimeters until the cervix is fully dilated to about 10 centimeters. Now while she couldn't tell us exactly when our labor would begin, she was able to tell us what to expect in the first of the three stages. Early labor first phase, she began, would last approximately 8 to 12 hours. Contractions would last between 40, 30 to 45 seconds, giving you 5 to 30 minutes of rest in between contractions. And on a scale of 1 to 10, the pain would be about a 3. Active labor, the second phase of the first stage, would last about three to five hours. Contractions during this phase will last about 45 to 60 seconds with three to five minutes rest in between. And on a scale of one to 10, the pain would be about a seven. Transition, the last phase of the first stage, will last about 30 minutes to two hours. Contractions during this phase will last about 60 to 90 seconds with a 30 second to two minute rest in between. And on a scale of one to 10, the pain level would be about 100. <laughs> I was ready to turn back, but no, no, it wasn't possible. But lastly, she said, since pain is inevitable during the birthing process, I'm going to give you some strategies for how to make it through the process. In the early labor phase, relax, because this is a marathon and not a sprint. In active labor phase, focus on your breath and start your breathing techniques. In transition, rely heavily on your support person and try to take one contraction at a time as if you're riding a wave. So relax, breathe, rely on your support person, and take one contraction at a time. As we turn our attention to the text, the chapter opens with one of the disciples coming out of the temple in Jerusalem. 
And the temple was built atop the Temple Mount, which is, and still is, considered to be the holiest place in all of Judaism. After this disciple marvels at the large stones and large buildings of the temple, Jesus predicts the temple's destruction by saying, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left on another. All will be thrown down. And FYI, all that remains of the temple today is a small section of the Western Wall, which some refer to as the Wailing Wall that people visit to pray. Now, if I was a disciple looking at the temple, this, this prediction would have been very hard to comprehend because of the sheer size of the stones. The largest remaining stone in the Western Wall is 45 feet long, 12 feet high, 14 feet wide, and the stone is estimated to weigh 600 tons. To this day, scientists and archaeologists have been unable to determine exactly how, with the lack of technology, human beings were able to lift this stone, place it in place perfectly in the wall of the temple. So, understandably, when Peter, James, John, and Andrew hear that all of the stones are going to be destroyed, they have a few clarifying questions for Jesus. First, when will this be? And amazingly, or unamazingly, Jesus doesn't address the question of when the temple will be destroyed or when he will return. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So secondly, when will be the sign that all these things will be accomplished? And Jesus tells the disciples that the beginning of the birthing process will be marked by the following signs. They will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes and famines. And since Jesus spoke these words, these signs, which many people associate with the end of the world, these signs have occurred countless times, again and again. And it seems that Jesus is no closer to coming back today than almost 200 years ago, excuse me, 2,000 years ago, when the temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. When I was meditating on these signs, especially in the context of everything that's going on in our nation today, in this season and around the world, there are a couple of things that jumped out at me. First, these signs signal the beginning of birth pangs. We have only just begun. Second, the beginning of birth pangs signals that something important is coming. And while the beginning of birth pangs signals that something is important is coming, the signs do not in any way tell us how long, how long the painful wait will be for that important something to happen. But if we heed and read the signs, there is no doubt that creation is in the throes of experiencing birth pangs, and it is painful. 
And I find myself wondering, since pain is inevitable in this process, what's the most effective way to make it through it? Now, my, my grandmother, Annie George Christmas, the one who gave me this King James Bible, she was born in Mississippi in 1917. And in her 89 years of life, she lived through two world wars, the Great Depression, the Civil Rights Movement, the assassinations of John F. Kennedy, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., and Bobby Kennedy, the Vietnam War, the Gulf War, the Loma Prieta earthquake, the fall of the Twin Towers, and so much more. As a chaplain, I often ask octogenarians, what's your secret to long life? And Annie George's secret was very simple. After working hard, she relaxed and regularly kept the Sabbath. She kept her eyes on Jesus. She kept it simple. She always counted her blessings, and she took one day at a time. When I read Langston Hughes' poem, Mother to Son, I imagine Annie George saying Langston's words to her son, my father. Well, son, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor, bare. But all the time I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So boy, don't you turn back now. Don't you set down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now. For I'm still going, honey. I'm still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. Friends, as we witness creation groaning with the beginning of birth pangs, do not be alarmed. Instead, be alert. The Son of Man, Jesus, will be coming again with great power and great glory. But until Jesus returns, relax. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Count your blessings. Take one day at a time. Keep going and keep climbing. Because life for us won't be no crystal stair. Amen.